welcome to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Berry. This podcast is for grandparents on the go with their grandchildren and for parents who want to ensure loving relationships across the generations. I welcome your input and your feedback on every episode of the podcast we produce. Please send me an email at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Grammy Adventure. Please follow or subscribe to my podcast. It's free so you won't miss an episode and ask your family and friends to do the same. You can subscribe to the monthly newsletter by visiting my website, adventureswithgrammy.com and clicking the newsletter sign-up link. Joy Warburton is my guest for episode 15 of the podcast. She is the mother of two sons and two daughters, and the grandmother of nine girls and one boy. I am happy to introduce you to this wonderful woman who agreed to share with us her philosophy about child-rearing and also share stories about her grandparents and how their influence has shaped the way she has lived her life, raised her children, and is nurturing her grandchildren. Welcome, Joy, to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. Tell us a little bit about you and tell us about your family. I live a pretty simple life. When we decided to raise children, we made a deal that my husband would do all the outside working so that I could be home with my kids. And other than charity work or anything else, that's pretty much what I've done. He has a handyman company that he started 20 years ago. When I was 40, 10 years after all of my other kids were born, we had a baby. We still haven't figured out how that happened. So now my son is almost 20. He's the last one living at home. We have all of my children had children and they were all girls until recently we had one little boy. year and a half ago, my husband started working for an orchard here in Las Vegas. I know it sounds crazy, but we do have about a hundred year old orchard here and uh, he is the assistant director. So we've had the greatest time taking the kids there and with their children. So he's doing both things and I've been able to work out at the orchard. And so that's kind of what we do now. So it's been a lot of fun. Other than my charity work or church work, other than that, it's pretty much family. So how many children do you have? We have four. My oldest is 36. I'm hoping I get these ages right. That's kind of a mom that I am. (laughs) Whose birthday is this month? He's 36. I have a 33-year-old daughter, then a 30-year-old daughter, and a 20-year-old son. And you have... 10 grandkids? I do. My oldest son has four girls, which I don't know how that happened. He's the one who should be raising boys, but it's okay. And then my daughter, my oldest daughter has three girls. Then I have my youngest daughter who has two girls and then she had the grandson. And we're thinking we're going to get a few more grandkids out of her. We're not sure, but we'll see how, how well they adjust. It's kind of where you get to that age where you feel like, okay, I can handle things now. And then you realize, oh, what have I done? I've I've had another baby and this is really hard. But she's a very nurturing mom. So I'm pretty sure that she will have a few more children. We call her Mother Nature. She's the nurturer and the rest of us were kind of, this is how life is going to go. But she's a very, she's a very patient, nurturing mom. 
I think this homeschooling your kids through the pandemic has been a make or break situation for my, my kids. And they are very excited for school to start up again in Las Vegas. So we'll have to see how they fare through the rest of the month. I know my children were excited when my grandchildren went back to in-person learning. So I think that's a sentiment across the country. So how old is your, is your oldest grandchild? We have grandchildren in pairs. We were very fortunate. We have our oldest is 11. And then right after, like six months later, our next one turns 11. So we have two 11s, two eights, sixes, two sixes. We've got two fours. And then we have two, almost three. So think back to when the 11, your first 11 year old was born. What was it like? How did you react when you found out you were going to be a grandmother and then the first time you held her? I tell you, our grandchildren, for the most part, looked just like my children. It was a very exciting to, to be, you know, think about this thing's going to happen. And I was there right after she was born. And she looked like my kids. She could have been one of my babies because it's just, I think our, our DNA is pretty powerful. <laughs> but it was amazing to me to see this little human being that I had nothing to do with that looked like my kids. I, I had nothing to do with it. I mean, it was my son and his wife and this beautiful little being. And it was just, she just stole my heart. And I remember they had her under the lights. They'd gotten her all cleaned up. Her mother and father had held her. And I went to touch her little finger and she grabbed my, she, she grabbed my finger and her little hand. And that was just, it was just love at first sight. I thought, okay, this is why we go through all the things we go through as parents. I get it. This is the payday. And it was just an amazing experience. It really, really was. I get teary hearing you say that and then remembering my own experience holding my first grandchild. It's like undescribable. <laughs> it's just it is. I mean, that comes. it's kind of like, it's kind of like labor. You can explain to somebody what to expect, but everybody goes through it differently. But we can all agree as grandparents that it is a miraculous blessing that just changes you. I mean, wow, what a great club to be in, the grandparent club. It is it is the best club I've ever been in. <laughs> you and I have a similar philosophy when it comes to buying things for our grandchildren. Tell me what birthdays look like in your family for your grandchildren. Well, I really believe that we don't need to be the center of the universe all the time. And when you do that with little kids, they start to realize that there's a world out there other than themselves. And I just really am not, a. I don't like getting a ton of gifts. I don't need anything. Holidays, I'd rather spend time with people. Even for Christmas with our own kids, we like to spend time with them or we do something other than just buy each other things, because I guess that's not a love language that I have. I just don't, I think we have so much. We have more than we could ever possibly need. I love to just spend time with my grandkids and they 
are very excited that when it's their birthday month, they get to pick a night to come and stay the night with me. And you have to be probably about five to do this, unless your personality is such that I know you will not be sad to be away from your parents. Although I could keep you till you fall asleep, or if you don't fall asleep and you want to go home, then I can arrange that. But I like to give them all the opportunity to stay the night with me. And we do whatever they want to do. And a lot of times it's very simple. They want to play or they want to draw or they want to bake. We always bake something because I think they have siblings at home who, when, when their mother says, let's bake something, there's three different people trying to crack the eggs and do all those things. When they're with me, they get to be the chef. They get to do whatever, you know, all of it. And so I, I really just feel like spending time with them on a one-on-one thing is so fun. And it's something I think that they'll remember. And, and maybe I'll go and say, hey, I see that you're the oldest grandchild. You have to hand down your things, but you get something new. So what do you want to go buy a dress or is there something that you need? I'll ask their parents if there's something they need. But other than that, it's just spending time with them. And what about Christmas? Is that you said your family likes to play games. Is that what you do for Christmas? For Christmas, um, recently, I when we purchase gifts, well, as a family now, we draw names, even as the adults, because I just don't feel like I need a ton of gifts from people who, when I don't really need anything, really. And if I did, I wouldn't expect my children to get those things for me. I like to spend time with everybody. Like this last year in, I think it was November, we rented an Airbnb up in a place, a little town in Utah that we like that is out. There's like a stream and you can go out and see deer and just got the kids out of town. And we were only there for two nights, but we played games. All the cousins got to be together I have, I really feel strongly about the importance of cousins. My children's cousins were kind of close by some of them, and they did a lot of things together and they were like a tribe. They had each other's back. It's a great experience. And they still, as cousins with children, will spend time together. So I think sometimes I would rather spend my kids' inheritance money on them now and force them to spend their time with me. That's kind of my philosophy (laughs) is you know, you can have everything when I'm dead, but why don't I just take you all somewhere together? And when we do gifts for Christmas time, the adults will exchange a name. And so we just do that one person, the grandchildren do it across by age. And so they pretty much have the same person every year and they're fine with that. But what I've been doing recently is I've tried to find organizations where we could donate and involve each of the families. So three years ago, we did a goat. We donated through World Vision. Each family's name was attached to a goat for a village. And I I think it's important to say here that you really do need to research who you're donating through. I think Heifer International and World Vision are two very, very good. We know where the money's going. There's not a lot of middlemen, not a lot of CEOs making a lot of money in those charities. A friend of mine is a school teacher who is an amazing person. She teaches reading and she told me about a book. And so each family got a book called Beatrice's Goat by Paige McBriar. 
And it's about a little girl in Africa and how having a goat changed her life. And she was able to afford a uniform to go to school. She was able to afford to leave her mother doing some of the work because it had enough money that she could go actually go to school. And then each family's certificate was this goat for and this book. And we read the book. And then they also got an ornament that had a goat on it so that every year for Christmas, when they decorate their tree, they remember Beatrice's goat and when they donated a goat to this family. And so it was just something through my friend who's a reading teacher, this book. And I thought, oh, let's do this. Then last year we did chickens and the kids thought that was great. They got a chicken ornament. So now when they do their tree and decorate next year, they'll, this year, they'll be able to say, oh yeah, we gave chickens. So, and it is kind of cool now because you used to have to pay for an entire cow. You can go in with other people on a cow. So you can say that we donated a cow, although you don't have to pay the thousand dollars for the cow or whatever the price is, but there's lots and lots of ways that you can do things other than buying gifts, just to help them know they're not the center of the universe. And they can read about how these chickens can change someone's life. I'd rather do that than give them something that they're going to play with for a week and shove it in a box. I agree with you about heifer.org because that's an, that's an organization we're aware of too. And I think it's, I think the organization does wonderful things for people living in less privileged countries. So that is a cool gift. And I like the idea of the ornaments. That's something I hadn't thought about. Talking about reading, can you tell us some of your favorite books that you'd like to read with your grandchildren? My children grew up with James Harriet, and I love James Harriet. And now PBS has All Creatures Great and Small as an actual show that you can watch. So it's been very interesting. I like the fact that James Harriet is very tender and it's about loving and how these animals are part of the family in this era that he worked as a vet. My kids love those stories. Two Christmases ago, they all got the James Harriet book for their own kids for Christmas so they can start reading those. And I got those at a Christian bookstore because I couldn't find those. I couldn't find those anywhere else. That was one of our favorite things reading as kids. We do like to read Bible stories with them. I would have to say James Harriet is one of my favorite children's authors because All Creatures Great and Small has the most beautiful illustrations as well of Yorkshire, England. And it's just, I do like those books. Although they do have their favorites, which would be like Little House on the Prairie, Harry Potter. But I don't know how many times you can read those. I guess they can read them over and over. Before we started recording this, we talked a little bit about discipline. What does discipline look like with Grandma Joy? I have always been the kind of mom, and I feel I'm this kind of a grandmother, that I'm really happy to have children and I love them. But you have come to live with me. I have not come to live with you. <laughs> and so I have always been kind of structured. And there are lines you don't cross. That's just the way that it is. My grandmother, we lived with her for a short time when my father was in Vietnam. And I remember her saying these, these were the rules. You don't walk between people when they're speaking. 
if you want to be loud, go in the other room or go outside. I believe parents now are very open to any kind of expressive behavior. Like if you're doing gymnastics and you want to do a backflip onto the couch, do that at your mom's house. We don't do that at my house. (laughs) And so there's things that I just don't tolerate. And I have quite a few toys. My husband still doesn't understand why do we have toys? We do not have children, but we have these grandkids. And when they come, I want them to be able to like get things out and do what they want to do. But then they know that they have to put that stuff away. So you can make a mess, but you will be putting things back. I will not be putting things back. And it's fun because sometimes the older grandkids will say, Hey, can we organize everything? And I'm like, yes, let's organize. And so They'll want to organize all the dress up stuff or the Barbie stuff or, and we actually do have a pretty awesome playhouse out in the backyard that my husband built. And so they can go out there and pretend and, you know, put dirt in the salt shaker and make things and make mud pies and do things. We bought a zip line for the yard, which has been a lot of fun, but they know there are rules with that. You can't do that unless someone's there. You can play in the dirt, but you can't take that into the playhouse or they will have to clean that up. And doing that one-time cleanup makes them realize, I never want to do this again. So I say play and have a good time, but we'll all clean up together. And it's not going to be my responsibility to pick up after them. And there are things that are nice that I tell them, you know, when I had small kids, I didn't have a nice couch or nice things because I knew they would be broken or maybe somebody would write on them. And I said, but now I can have really nice things and you kids have to help me keep them that way. And so that's kind of been my rules. That sounds like you're a good grandma. <laughs> you mentioned that you lived, <laughs> you mentioned that you and your family, your mom lived with your grandmother. What are some of the memories that you have of your grandparents? I have a lot of regret when I think back because by the time I was old enough to really want to know about them, they were older and not really wanting to sit down and talk about their lives. But one of the things, that's one of the things we try to do is I'll tell my kids stories about their parents. You know, your dad used to be really afraid of this and this is how he overcame that. Or your mom really struggled after her car accident when she was in high school, but these are the things that we did as a family or even their grandparents that have passed on. So I try to kind of keep them alive with my grandkids. There are things that my grandparents have done in their lives. My father's parents traveled the world and to me, they were rock stars because they'd been everywhere, but not until I got old enough to appreciate that they were amazing. Being able to go and spend time with them and visit with them. They lived in California near the beach. And so Sam and Agnes, of course, we didn't call them that at the time, but would take us down to the beach, my brother and I, and we'd stay for the day. And to this day, our entire family goes to that beach once a year. And we've invited some of our relatives from out of state. At times, we'll have about 60 people go there for vacations at this very same beach in California. And we do it every September. That's a tradition that I don't think they ever realized would happen. But it's been a very cool tradition. One of my favorite 
my grandkids' favorite things to do. My children, too, is when we spend a week at the beach. And then my mom's parents, I have always appreciated that she, uh, in World War II, she took in people from Germany. And they were immigrants that came over who had nothing. And she helped them with jobs or help them with clothing or food or whatever. And she was a very charitable minded person, very strict. My mom was an only child. When there was a need, she would help fill that need. My my grandfather was a police officer in Milwaukee and brought home every stray pet that they found. And so my grandmother would allow my mom to take care of these little pets. And then my mother actually, when Vietnam fell. We had some, a family come with nothing. They absolutely had nothing when they got off the plane and they stayed with us. And so I haven't been able to have somebody into my home per se because things have changed so much, but I have tried to carry that on. I've tried really hard to be involved with Catholic charities is, has been one. Although I am not Catholic, they really have a great program. I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, so we do have a lot of nonprofit things that we work with. A friend of mine runs Lighthouse Charities, which is all about finding services and places for immigrants that come from the Sudan, from South Africa. Some of the lost boys that we read about, they are there. These people have lived in probably for nine years in tent cities. And they finally are able to come to the U.S., but they only have three months to learn a language, find a place, get a job. And so Cindy Trussell at Lighthouse Charities helped them with all of those things and job placement. And they have an amazing uh, boutique that they have where you can go in and buy things that they've purchased, that they've made that are really great. But so I've tried really hard to keep that heart for charity going from my grandmother. And like I said before, I can remember when I have disappointed them. You don't want to get that look from your grandmother that I am very disappointed in what you just did. You know, you pay in the dividends of the love and the time. And then later you hope that your grandkids respect you and love you and want to keep your memory alive. I guess that's what grandparents, I as a grandmother really desire that. You answered the question that I was going to ask next in a way you've answered it. My question is, what do you want your grandkids to remember about you? I think as a parent, we try to instill certain skill sets into our kids. How to problem solve, how to, you know, you're an important person in our family and And sometimes they do need to feel like they are the center of the universe from their parents because they may not get that at school. They may not get that with their friends. The way the country is right now, it's kind of scary raising children. But for a grandparent, oh man, we have the power to just instill in them the importance of exactly who they are as this individual, their strengths, all of the things that you see in them to really be their cheerleader. I just hope that they know that I accept them however they are. I just want them to remember that, that this was a grandmother who was always accepting of me, even when I did dumb things. You know, I really hope that all of these girls 
these granddaughters that I have and my grandson too, that they'll talk to me when they start to date. You know, I want to be able to be a part of their lives and still be their cheerleader when they're having kids of their own. I just want them to know that I accept them for who they are. And I know that they're capable of doing great things. And no matter what they become, no matter what they choose, that I'm there. And, you know, I want to help them with whatever comes along. That would be a great legacy. I want to go back to what you said about being the real champion for your grandchildren. I actually posted on my Instagram account this quote the other day. The other day I posted it. It says, children need at least one person in their life who thinks the sun rises and sets on them, who delights in their existence and loves them unconditionally. And the person who said that is Pamela Leo. And you just said that. As parents, we have so many responsibilities. But as grandparents, we can help our grandchildren really think that they are the only one who matters to us. And every one of your nine or ten grandchildren are going to feel that from you. And that is such a wonderful gift that we can give our grandkids. I do agree with you 100%. It's tough being a parent. If you are trying to homeschool your kids or you are trying to get them to and from places they need to be, it is kind of administering, kind of an administering role. But then when you are a grandparent, you can be kind of the more of the ministering role where you can just kind of soak up all the goodness from this child and just help them understand that they're capable of anything. It's like the, it's a, it's a nice thing. They say spoil grandkids and then send them home. <laughs> but it is kind of fun to do that, to not be, you don't have to be the heavy. You don't have to be the one. And they can hopefully come to you with problems or issues. Of course, they can go to their parents, but I just, I really do hope that I can keep those lines of communication open with them, that they can feel like they can talk to me about things. Just one more person in their corner, really. At this point, Joy and I had finished the interview, but we continued to chat. The next portion of the episode really is an outtake about grandparent names I think you will enjoy. I thought of all these awesome names that they could call me, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to let them call me what they want to call me. Granny was my mother-in-law. And she would always ask my son, who loves you the most? And it would drive me crazy. (laughs) So I'd say, say Jesus, say Jesus loves me the most. And he would say, (laughs) he would say, you do, Granny, you do, Granny. And so her name became Granny, you do. And that's what the kids called her, (laughs) Granny, you do. My grandkids will call her Granny Juju. They, they call me grandma or they call me granny. I will answer to anything they say. So I've got, um, their great grandparents live near and they're called Lola and Lolo, but we're pop pop and granny or grandma and pop pop or grandpa. It just depends. Now that I heard you, I thought, why didn't I have them call me mama joy? I wonder if I should send out a memo. From now on, I would like to be called Mama Joy. That would be fabulous because actually, isn't that how, that's exactly how Colleen has you listed, Grandma Joy, on on Instagram. Well, then I might have to change some things up. If you look on her Instagram page, 
you are listed. There's a picture of you with all of the grandchildren, and it says Grandma Joy. My husband's cousin, her name was Joanna, and she had them call her Joe. They never called her Grandma anything. Uh-huh. Her name was Joe. She did not want to have that title. And I was like, I love being a grandma. So it's funny. We'll go to a store and my kids will say granny. My grands will call me granny. And people will kind of look like, oh, how do you let them call you that? But I'm like, hey, it's an honor. It's an <laughs> honor. I'll, call, I'll answer to anything you call me. I think one of my favorite things is when they see me and they run up to me. And we see each other all the time. But we always get a big hug. You will find in the show notes links to all of the organizations and books Joy mentioned during the interview. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.